0: What's up NFL fans, Connor McCarthy here with my co-host Blake Pace here to talk to you about another week in the NFL and uh, before we get into the uh, NFL stuff this week I just want to give a quick shout out to Pure Sports Network which just launched its website this weekend. Me and Blake are both NFL editors and we're excited to be a part of it.
1: Yeah I, yeah. like uh, Connor said, big shout out to Pure Sports Network. Um, it's a great start. We've had some great viewership over the first few days. Um, if those of you are listening, you can also find our podcast on that site as well as articles that we write. Um, so give it a give it a check out over the next few weeks and see what you think.
0: Yeah, definitely. So Blake, uh, episode sixteen. So I'm sure you're about to throw some uh, numbers at me, aren't you?
1: Oh yeah, I'm going to throw some jerseys at you. And, and for sixteen, it's actually it's pretty ugly. Um, there are Earth? there's one starting quarterback in all of football with uh, the jersey number sixteen. Any guesses? He's in the playoffs for the first time.
0: He's in the playoffs Wait for the first time.
1: Young quarterback. Jared Goff? Yep, Jared Goff. And then uh, there are two backups. My least favorite quarterback in all of football, Scott Tolzien. uh, Backup for the Indianapolis Colts. Not a big fan of him. And then uh, backup in Tennessee, Matt Castle. Um, Interesting. Interesting.
0: Didn't didn't Johnny Manziel used to be sixteen? Or am I off on
1: that? Oh, I, I remember. I don't remember what Manziel wore in in you know, other pros. <laughs> yeah, and not was, not important anyways. Speedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and then I guess for receivers, we'll talk about a few. There are three that really pop out to me that I remember. Um, great receiver in Seattle over the past uh, couple years.
0: Oh, Doug Baldwin. Nope. No,
1: Tyler Lockett? Yeah, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Um, We're okay. 16. Um, kind of a rotation receiver in uh, Los Angeles for the Chargers. Had a great year when Keenan Allen went down.
0: Uh, Terrell Williams?
1: Yep. And then the last one that was really big for me um, kind of came out of the scene this year and last year in Denver. Kind of a less known name
0: um Benny Fowler
1: yeah Benny Fowler yeah so ah. those those are the three big ones I mean besides that there's uh Cody Core wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals Johnny Holton yeah yeah exactly Johnny Holton wide receiver for the Raiders um Freddie Martino wide receiver for the Buccaneers um uh, Brandon Coleman uh okay. wide receiver for the the Saints um there we go. There's somebody I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we have a punter sighting. Pat O'Donnell for the Chicago Bears wears number 16. There you go. So 16. that is, yeah, that's an ugly number of 16s, but you know what? It at is. Unless there's is. a quarterback in there.
0: You got some people yeah, at least. Dude. Exactly. It's, it's just a steep drop off. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's all the 16s? Mm-hmm.
1: That's all the 16s for this week.
0: I guess we'll go straight into our subjects then. So first up on the list, uh, we talked about some coaches last week that could possibly get fired, and now that some decisions have been made, um, there's some interesting things that have happened. I mean, uh, some head coach movements, uh, it's not always the firings, but some of the hirings or rehirings or re-signings that we've seen. Uh, I mean, Bruce Arians is retired. Hugh Jackson's uh, got another extension. Marvin Lewis might be the most surprising one, two-year extension with the Bengals. So, uh, Blake, uh, talk to us a little bit about these uh, these coaches and which ones have the biggest impact and uh, why these decisions were made.
1: Yeah, I, I still don't understand Cincinnati's reasoning in keeping Marvin Lewis, especially for an extra two years. I mean, I understand that before he came around, the Bengals were one of the most irrelevant teams in football, but, but at a certain point, you have enough talent on the team where you can exceed those expectations that were so low to begin with. And I think Marvin Lewis has been a very consistent coach, um, but a coach that doesn't really get the job done late into the season. They can't succeed in the postseason. They don't really have a great team around him. And then a situation that I look at opposite of that, a, a guy that's had success with, the, with taking a, an underwhelming team but still got fired was Jim Caldwell with the Lions. I
0: mean, mm-hmm. the Lions
1: were awful. Um, and then he came around... Worked with it, you know. That team still has a really bad defense, and still, you know, they were in the playoffs, and uh, they missed it this year, unfortunately. I think that Jim or Jim Caldwell did a great job raising the bar for Detroit, and um, I honestly don't understand why he was let go so early on.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're definitely right, Jim Caldwell. I don't think he should have been let go at all. I saw the the comparison of him. He's been uh, the coach of the line for two years, I believe or, he yeah, has two years, right, I think?
1: Two or three. But, uh,
0: he, two or three years, but his record was positive. And meanwhile, you go look at Hugh Jackson, who... Has won one game in his NFL career so far. I mean, I know he's with the Browns, and it's going to be a process and everything, but that's a team that I think clearly took a step back, and uh, they just didn't look good at all this year. Obviously, going to zero sixteen will make you look bad, but I mean, they weren't competitive most games, and he's supposed to be a quarterback guru, and it doesn't look like any quarterback on that team is uh, looks comfortable at all in his offense. So I don't really know. Um, or why Jim Caldwell was let go. And I will say, I mean, like uh, I, I like to talk to one of my uh, chefs at work when I get home. He's a really good football guy. He uh, talks to me about it a lot. And he brought up a good point. I mean, the Lions roster is so hamstrung by Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford gets paid so much, it's hard to build some talent around players when yeah. uh, you have to pay a quarterback such a ridiculous amount of money. And then one thing... Uh, and he also brought up with the Bengals. I mean, this isn't really that big a point, but I mean, who really wants to coach in Cincinnati? I mean, maybe that's yeah. why they stick with, uh, Marvin Lewis for so long. Like you said, they were a mediocre franchise before. Now they're just a really disappointing one and they're still kind of mediocre. So, I mean, at least Marvin Lewis has made the playoffs, uh, seven times out of the 15, 15 years, he's a uh, coach there, even though they don't even, uh, do anything with it. So I, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of everything of, uh, the Caldwell or the Caldwell firing and the Marvin Lewis signing
1: yeah and and to speak on Hugh Jackson um, you know I really think that he has a chance to be successful in Cleveland I put more so the failures in this first two seasons on uh, the, the talent evaluation from the general manager uh, Sashi Brown and his staff they tried to bring in the money ball money ball baseball analytics into football. And it just didn't seem to work. And um, I think, you know, I, who they got there now? John Dorsey, right? Um, yeah, I John that Dorsey it. in Cleveland now. I, I hope that they can get some some actual talent in the draft. I, I I thought they should have never taken Deshaun Kaiser. I thought that Jabril Peppers as a first round pick was absolutely appalling. Um, oh. He's now just their punt returner, uh, <laughs> barely gets on the field as safety, but. Um, you know, that's, that's a first and second round pick in last year's draft that you just waste away. So I think a lot of Hugh Jackson's, um, failures were, you know, set up for him because of a poor, uh, general manager and scouting department.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a reason too. I just, the one thing that I like to see out of coaches, some improvement, over a year-to-year basis, mm. and I understand. I mean, he had a lot of the same guys coming back, and you didn't get Miles Garrett and, like, uh, some, some talented players on that team. He got Josh Gordon back at the end of the year and some things like that. And uh, I just, I really didn't see any improvement from the Browns this year compared to like last year. They were losing games, of course, but they at least looked competitive most of the time. Mm-hmm. And well, like you said, I hate the Deshaun Kaiser pick. I, I mean, like at least they waited to the second round. They didn't reach in the first round for yeah. him or anything like that. But. Yeah, I, I just was never a fan of that, and he looked terrible this year, and I thought kind of Cody Kessler would kind of be the quarterback this year just because last year he wasn't that bad, no. and did not look that bad in the Browns. Like, I think that warrants another shot, just another look. It's been so long since the quarterback hasn't looked bad on the Browns. Exactly. So,
1: and, and I don't know. And that's the thing, like, I thought that Kevin Hogan or Cody Kessler should have been – Playing quarterback instead of Deshaun Kaiser, I guess it was kind of their mindset must have been, well, we spent a second round pick on this guy. Let's we need to commit to him to see if he can be a starter. Um, if he starts next year, that just I, that doesn't make sense yeah. to me.
0: No, I mean, unless I mean, like, unless they're pretty much once again giving up on next year. If he starts next year, I mean, Cleveland Browns fans, is, I mean, it's going to be another year where you can expect one to two wins.
1: Oh yeah, he's terrible. I mean,
0: yeah. But uh, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, Bruce Arians as well, him just retiring. Uh, Bruce was a, a great coach. I mean, we've talked about it a couple times. I know he had a couple rough years the past two years for the Cardinals. I mean, not living up to expectations, but he's a guy that had a lot of respect around the league. I mean, he uh, went to Virginia Tech, which is a, so he's kind of from around Virginia and everything, so I've always been kind of a bit, a bit of a fan of him. Yeah, I mean, he was an intense competitor. as I like they say, uh, no one really got redder on the sideline than Bruce Arians mm, when yeah. things weren't going his way or things were going his way. Yeah. And you could just tell he was a guy that commanded a lot of respect. And, um, uh, yeah, he had three uh, straight winning seasons for the Cardinals when he took over, 10 wins or more, made the playoffs twice. Uh, he had a great uh, career as an offensive coordinator as well. Uh, in 2001 he started Cleveland went to Pittsburgh and then of course Indianapolis and mm-hmm. uh he was there when Chuck Wagano I believe he was the interim coach right
1: yep mm-hmm.
0: Yep. so he he's been a really good coach for a long time and he'll be a guy that's uh, going to be missed around the league
1: oh yeah definitely a big just a big um emotions guy like you said you know he looked great in those cardinals jer- uh cardinals <laughs> yeah, red, red. Because his whole body was you know beat red um you know speaking on his time in Indianapolis um he did a lot for the growth of Andrew Luck, and he's done a lot for the growth of quarterbacks across the league. You know, he's worked with some of the best quarterbacks to play. I mean, he's worked uh, with Aaron, uh, Brett Favre. He worked with um, Ben Roethlisberger. He's got to work with uh, Carson Palmer the past few years. Andrew Luck, he's a great quarterback guru. Um, and and like you said, he's just he's going to be missed, definitely. I was a big fan of Bruce Arians throughout his career.
0: Yeah, Definitely. So, does uh, anyone have anything else about coaches for the um,
1: next? No, you know, some guys it was just ev- – oh, oh, actually there is one guy. I was really surprised about Dirk Cutter staying on.
0: Um, oh, yeah, I was actually really surprised about that too. I did forget about that.
1: You know, I understand – like I think – I think they're it's a good sign by the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers over the past decade have just fired coaches way too early on into their coaching careers before giving them a chance to really build a foundation. And so I guess that's Definitely. a good sign that they're doing this. Um, unfortunately for Tampa they just need to get more depth on that roster so that Dirk Cutter can actually utilize his offensive scheme. Um, you know, the talent on the defense even. You know, they have a, a solid guy at every level of the field, um, but they don't really have great depth. And I think that's where they really fell through this year. Um, so, you know, I thought he was gone. Um, like I said last week, before all these uh, Gruden to Oakland rumors started, I thought Gruden would make a great fit back in Tampa. Um, it's not going to happen now. It's more likely that Gruden will be in Oakland, um, but yeah, I was I was a little surprised by Cutter staying uh, on for next season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. There were so many rumors with Gruden going, coming back to Tampa Bay. I mean, kind had to have felt like I, – I know that it's a different story inside the organization, but he had to have thought some of them might be real, But so it might have been even a surprise to him that he's staying. But, yeah. You know, I'm going to say good to Tampa Bay for giving their guy another shot. If they actually believed in him two years ago, then maybe give him another shot because, you know, he had a pretty good year. Um, Not this year, but the year before, he kind of defied a little bit of expectations. I mean, they went 9-7, and seven, so, mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa Bay – um. I think they made the right move in giving him one more year at least. Yeah. Yeah. So on to our next topic. And this is a topic that you've wanted to talk about for a while. In fact, the first episode of Gold to goal, you brought this up to me and we've been waiting for the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, an organization like the Browns, who just went 0 16, a lot of organizations that consistently, uh, fail such as the Browns, the Jaguars for years, but now that's not the case anymore. Uh, the 49ers kind of went through a little bit of it. Um, how do you rebuild a franchise that struggled for so long, and what methods would you use to do it? Like,
1: yeah. So if if you put me in the in the seat of owner of the Cleveland Browns, and I had to decide what you know like or some of the key moves this off season that I would make moving forward, um, yeah. You know the first the first two are already done for me. You know, hiring John Dorsey, I really like that hiring in Cleveland. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do over the next few seasons within the draft in free agency. You know, it's tough to get players to want to come uh play in Cleveland but if you have certain money players can't turn that down. Um the second thing that I did right I think they did right was keeping Hugh Jackson um at least for one more season. Um it, of course if if there's no improvements by next year then I think Jackson should be gone but um I think that the players like playing for him and he's a I think he's a good guy for their for their team as a whole. Um and then I guess so the first thing that I would do if I'm the Cleveland Browns is, is going into the draft I have the first and the fourth pick. Um, you know, I think with that first pick, uh, you take a quarterback. You know, to me, oh, to me, my top quarterback in this draft is Josh Allen from Wyoming, and I think he is the best fit in Cleveland. I believe that these Cali guys, Rosen um, and Darnold. Darnold, I'm not a huge fan on. Maybe we can talk about that some other time. Um, I'm not a big uh Sam Darnold fan I'm a more of a Josh Allen Josh Rosen guy for this year's draft um they've they've both been playing out west all year um and most of their lives so I think bringing them into Cleveland um through the wintry months that might be difficult for them and Josh Allen in Wyoming uh he's a big gunslinger can play in you know poor weather um I think he's the guy for Cleveland this offseason um and then with the fourth pick I'm taking uh, Saquon Barkley Um, From Penn State. I understand that the Browns have some some talented running backs. I think Saquon Barkley is a game-changer in this NFL, and pairing that quarterback-running back duo in the same draft to start off their careers together, I think, is the best way to build success. Um, I think that the Browns did a good job last year um, in the front seven, and their front seven is very sound. Um, I think it's too early in picks one and four to take a cornerback, even though I think they need help in the secondary. Um, and I think one and four is too early for any of the offensive linemen in this draft as well. So, you know, I think if they went into next year with Josh Allen at quarterback, Saquon Barkley at running back, you still have Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon at receiver if you keep both of them. Um, David and Joku at tight end, a subpar offensive line, a solid front seven, and maybe fixing in the holes in the secondary. I think that is the first step that Cleveland, the first steps that Cleveland has to make in order to you know slowly improve over the next year.
0: It's interesting uh, that you went that way because I actually have a different strategy for mine. I I really believe to get a franchise to start turning around completely. I think you, you have to. Follow the formula that Jacksonville laid down. Mm -hmm. And defense, defense, defense. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think they had a really good start drafting Miles Garrett last year because Garrett already looks like he's going to be a good player. Mm -hmm. I know Jabril Peppers didn't exactly work out, but maybe he has has talent. Jabril Peppers has some talent. Maybe if they can unlock it, he can start to get better. Look at Jacksonville 2015-2016 draft. Jalen Ramsey, Miles Ge- uh, Jack, Yannick Nagakoy, and Dante Fowler were all taken in the first three rounds of the 2015 oh. and 2016 draft. Man. So yeah, that and if you think that you can get some defensive talent late in rounds, yeah, you can do that. Or you can go out and get four of your best players in the first three rounds of drafts, and look how much that's paid off for them. As you like to say uh, every week, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the best defense of all time, in which I don't know if that's true, but they are definitely the best defense in the NFL this season yeah. so I, I'm really, I think defense is really the way to go, and I know they have the first and fourth round pick, and maybe yeah, Saquon Barkley is a generational talent so I could see it taking him at four I wouldn't be upset with, but maybe get that number one pick, take another defensive player take one of the best defensive player in the draft who you feel, and, and don't limit it yourself, if they get another defensive end then go for another defensive and pair him up with Miles Garrett, go with the safety if you think the safety is the best uh, player in the draft, don't limit yourself to what you think that you is the most position of need because obviously the most position of need is quarterback and unless there's a quarterback like andrew luck was where it's a mm-hmm. like you can't miss generational talent and i don't think there is one of those in this draft unless i'm wrong i i don't think i mean like there's some good young quarterbacks that could turn into great players but there's no one so clearly above everybody else that it's a surefire no miss situation so the browns can go with defense again and Keep building that defensive up because that was their strength this year, really, their defense. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say keep building up that defense and then maybe get a quarterback in free agency. uh, Get a veteran quarterback that you know is going to be at least all right. I don't know, maybe go after Josh McCown again. They've had him a couple (laughs) times, but go after Josh McCown, a bridge quarterback. You really just want a bridge quarterback right now. Maybe take a quarterback later in the third round. But if the Browns are going to take another young quarterback, they have to commit – 100% and say, look, you are not starting this year. You are here to learn for at least one year. Have that bridge quarterback, even have keep Cody Kessler or keep Kaiser or somebody and play him if the bridge quarterback goes down. But just like say, no, there's no way you're playing. There's no way. Hmm. Like you have to commit to him not playing for at least a year because the Browns have done it over and over again. They got to try something else. Yeah. And- so.
1: I, I really like that plan, you know, I I understand, you know, you have to build, you know, if you want that success like the Jacks have this year, then you build through that defense. Um, personally, to me, I think that with their defense, um, I think their front seven is solid already, it's not, it's nowhere near Jacksonville, but it does have some young players that I really like on that front seven. Um the secondary, to me, is really beat up, and they have missed on a few picks over the last few years in that secondary, so maybe that's where you look for in those first four picks. Um, I understand, you know, if you did go the route of a, of a bridge quarterback, um, I think this is the year to do it. I mean, there are a ton, yes. there are a ton of quarterbacks in um, free agency that are available, all three in Minnesota. Maybe you can grab one of them, um, Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor in Buffalo. I mean I don't think that you're getting, you know, you're convincing Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees um or Eli Manning to go play for the Cleveland Browns, but they'll be free agents as well. Um so, you know, I I understand the approach of bringing in a guy to play quarterback for two seasons just to have your guy develop underneath him. I mean, I'm looking at Kansas City, you know. I saw Pat Mahomes this past Sunday and while he didn't throw any touchdowns, had an interception. He had a great game-winning drive for the Kansas City Chiefs to set up that game-winning field goal, and you know that he spent the whole season on the bench underneath Alex Smith. I think Pat Mahomes is the future of Kansas City. You know we can get into that other day, but that's another situation like you just mentioned. You know with a with a bridge quarterback to let your guy of the future develop underneath. Um, so if that's the route they want to go in, then you know I have no problems with that. I truly think, um, I truly think Saquon Barkley will come in immediately day one and be the the number the like one of the best running backs in pro football um i think he's a beast and uh you know i'll get more into that with with scouting reports later in Mm. uh, throughout the off season i do a lot with the nfl draft so that's that's another thing you want to check out on pure sports network um i'll be doing a lot of (laughs) scouting reports just another plug for uh pure sports network right there but um, i
0: like how you threw that in there yeah exactly
1: and uh but yeah, you know, like like you mentioned, the quarterbacks aren't great this year. Um, but I, of them, I think there are two solid future co- uh, star quarterbacks um, in Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. For Cleveland, I'd prefer Josh Allen. But, you know, both of these paths um, should be improvement over what they have now.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, so I'm not always a big uh, supporter of... Sit and watch, and that's how you learn, and you'll get better, and you'll play. And not even always that way with quarterbacks. Sometimes talent overrides that, and you got to play. But with the Browns, it's a special scenario for me. I mean, they have done the same thing over and over and over again, where they've played these quarterbacks in horrible situations with – very little chance for success for them and they keep doing it over and over. I'm just saying you got to break the mold a little bit and do something else. And I will say, I mean quarterbacks that sit and watch, uh, I noticed, I mean like they come in and they're a lot better than what rookie quarterbacks usually come in even how talented rookie quarterbacks can be. I mean, there's always struggles with rookie quarterbacks except for maybe Sean Watson who defied those expectations mainly. Mm-hmm. But like I, there's always just a steep learning curve in the NFL, and like to play the game on these two different levels, it takes a lot. And look at Jimmy Garoppolo lighting up the world right now. He sat behind Tom Brady for years. Aaron Rodgers was the same way. There's plenty of quarterbacks that can sit and watch and learn and just get way better off. It. I mean, Tyrod Taylor would have never been a starter when he came into the NFL, yeah. and now he's a he's he's a pretty solid starter. So. It, I, I think the sit-and-develop approach has its merits, and I think the Browns need to just mix it up and do something where they they say they're going to develop a young quarterback and they actually do
1: it. Yeah, and then, hey, maybe you know what they end up doing is a mix of both of our plans. Um, you can still draft a quarterback at number one or number four and sit him for a year. I mean, you know, yeah, that's Pat Mahomes fine was too. taken at 10 and sat all year. Um, so I think... That would be an interesting concept because like one small thing about the Browns continuously doing the same thing over and over again, they're never really taking the guy right at the beginning of the draft. They're never using their first pick on that quarterback. You know, Johnny Manziel was late in the first round. Uh, Cody Kessler was late in the draft. Um, Deshaun Kaiser was even in the second round. So I think a lot of these guys recently are being taken later on past their first draft pick. And I think, yeah. you know, maybe it's just because they're not taking the best quarterback available. And, you know, they're just well, waiting.
0: Well, the thing is, yeah, they're being taken past, which is great. That's what I want. But then they're doing, they're just throwing them out there. Yeah, they're just starting, These are developmental quarterbacks. You're going and just putting them out there. What What everybody say about Sean Kaiser going in the draft? He has the talent. He looks like he has the tools. He's not really ready yet. Mm-hmm. He didn't look really ready in college. Let's throw him out there in the NFL week one. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like I just, I
1: can't. No, that's a good point.
0: I can't get, I can't get my head around. And Hugh Jackson doesn't deserve all the. He, I mean, he didn't really draft kaiser but he, he put him out there. He's a quarterback guru. What's he doing? I, I just, I, I just really want to see what the Browns. Uh, the front office is a mess too. If I'm if I'm the owner of the Browns, I might have cleared house after they botched that AJ McCarron deal. Oh, I really yeah. might have cleared house. I I don't know well, what I could say to that because I think AJ McCarron has a decent amount of potential. He's been sitting behind Andy Dalton for a couple of years. That's a guy that's already developed through watching players, so who knows what his limit is? And he almost won the first playoff games and uh play uh, Bengals like in marvin lewis's career for him and he would have won if it wasn't for vontaze bertha and uh adam yeah, jones exactly uh freak out at the end of the game so i i think McHaren needs a shot and uh, you know what? thank goodness it wasn't the browns because they would have probably botched him too
1: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah definitely so definitely so yeah i mean that's just how i feel about it and um i thought that like Smart free agency moves could be huge for the Browns too. I mean, uh, their receiver, they have Josh Gordon, you said Njoku, and a couple of young at tight ends. But, I mean, the Jaguars also were able to rebuild their organization through free agency, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially you saw it this year with A.J. Boye and Kalias Campbell and yeah. uh, Barry Church and players like that. I mean, making smart free agency moves against surefire players like that that aren't always the huge, biggest names, but good players that are still in their prime, uh, that that can also be huge for a team. That's when and they and they chose the right moment when they were like. Okay, our defen- our young defensive players have developed enough to be good enough on their own, and we have players like this. I mean, they they, they really created the perfect storm on defense. The only move that I think that they screwed themselves on is taking Blake Bortles yeah. number one overall a while ago. They they reached for a quarterback, so that's what I'm saying. I, I yeah yeah. yeah. You, you wait for your quarterback, and you keep developing your defense, and then maybe I mean go out all on free agency if you have an a amazing defense. It's way easier to convince a quarterback to come over. So yeah, that's uh, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. All right. On to our next subject. So this one uh, hits home a little bit, and um, I'm, mm. I'm sure a lot of people in the NFL uh, Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor, Drew Brees, all these quarterbacks that are going to be in free agency. I mean, these are the faces of some of these franchises and really have been there for a while. So um, where are these quarterbacks going to uh, end up, Blake? I mean, uh, I know a lot of people have speculated, but no one really knows. And a lot of these quarterbacks are going to get a lot of money on free agency. So we'll start with Kirk Cousins. Where, where do you think that Kirk is going to go?
1: You know, there are a lot of interesting situations for Kirk Cousins should he want to leave the Redskins. And if, you know, honestly, if the Redskins lowball him too, I mean, sure, he did not look good last week at all. I I mean, you watched that game, right? Yeah, I watched. Oh, my God, that was a bad performance by Kirk Cousins. Not a it great was, way to potentially end his Washington career,
0: but... It was one of the worst ones I've ever seen out of him, honestly.
1: Yeah, so, you know, the, we'll see what... My first choice for him is staying in Washington I think eventually they'll work out a deal um, but I was when I was thinking about this segment I looked at all the, the teams that need quarterbacks. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they just lost um, who, who just retired? What the hell is his name? Uh, Carson, uh, Carson Palmer. Yeah. Yep. Carson Palmer just retired. I think they need a quarterback um, If the Buffalo Bills lose Tyrod Taylor, they need a quarterback uh, The Cleveland Browns if they choose to not draft one I know you probably think the Dallas Cowboys need a quarterback to replace Dak oh, Prescott. Them, but not Kirk. Not Kirk. <laughs> uh, the Denver Broncos. The Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion, need a new quarterback. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are losing all three of their starters, so they'll need to either re-sign one of I feel them. like
0: Yeah, I feel like they're going to re-sign one. Um,
1: the Saints and Giants, if both choose to leave, the Jets... Uh, let's see, any other teams that pop out to me. And then the Redskins, if you lose Kirk. So, I, I honestly, I think Kirk's first destination is Washington. Um, offers that, you know, they could put a lot of money on the table. I wouldn't be surprised with the New York Jets. Um, and there was one other team. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised with the Denver Broncos if he chose to go there either.
0: That would be a bad situation. I mean, all right, so personally for me, I do think that – Kirk's best situation for him is still in Washington, where he knows the offense. It's an offense tailored to him. It's the perfect system for him. He has a coach that believed in him enough to name him the starter and has backed him up for a lot. I know he said some, he wasn't high on praise on Kirk, but I mean, I think Kirk deserves some of that. Uh, Kirk looked great at times, and then in other times, he really just wasn't playing great and he wasn't creating things that he should and doing some stuff that uh, a quarterback that's three years in the league. And has had the season that he's had shouldn't be doing, so I understand some of the criticisms and everything, and I really do believe the best situation for him as a player, I'm not saying money wise, is to stay in Washington because I really don't know how much they're going to offer him because as you've been seeing, they still aren't sure of him if they even want him to be their franchise quarterback going forward, uh, and there's, they've been very highly critical of Kirk, and I wouldn't blame him if that's enough to the point where he doesn't want to be there based on that alone, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I was going to say the Cardinals were going to be the best place for him recently, but with Bruce Arians retiring, I feel like Larry Fitzgerald might be next. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. I mean, unless they do bring a quarterback there, but and who they, knows what's the future of the Cardinals right now. And they don't have great said?
1: receivers besides Fitzgerald. Yeah, like they don't. okay guys, but no game changers. You do get to play with David Johnson, though.
0: Yeah, that's something cool. But, you know, I, I thought of another team I, I noticed you didn't mention that could be looking for a quarterback. I mean, the – the Pittsburgh Steelers could be looking for a quarterback too. I don't know if oh, Ben wow. is going to keep going, huh. and that that'd be. A, I've heard some connections with Kirk there. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. They have the roster there to keep competing, obviously for years. So uh, if you throw Kirk in there, then you don't really. I mean, you know, Big Ben's Man. still a pretty good quarterback, but you don't lose too much if you get ben, Kirk Cousins in there. That'd and I did want to ch- say, if you ever saw uh, Antonio Brown, uh, did he he broke the record for most one handed catches and like. Uh, short amount of time, Kirk Cousins was the one throwing in the ball. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's kind of funny that uh, that kind of worked out that way. But I also yeah. said one thing, and once again, my uh, chef at work liked to tell me this, and he showed me an article that said that the Reds uh, apparently, this is rumors, and I don't want to like say this is fact or anything, but I heard that. The Redskins could go after Le'Veon Bell super hard in free agency because Le'Veon Bell is another quarter. uh, He's a running back that's going to hit free agency. I heard that the Redskins want to do that because Kirk was complaining about the talent around him and some of the stuff like that. So if and yeah, that's what I've heard. And like so, if Kirk Cousins wanted some talent, we'll go out and get Le'Veon Bell, and you immediately just made the bet of the eight man box. I mean, Le'Veon Bell. His value to the NFL cannot be understated. I know he's a running back, but uh, you know how cheap the best running back in the NFL will be compared to some of the other high-priced names? Oh, I mean, that's yeah. $12 million a year, maybe. Like, go, go out and get a guy like Lovion Bell that completely changes your offense, hmm. and then have Kirk there, and he, he looks a lot better. He feels a lot better. He has the best running back. He can check it down all the time, and Chris Thompson can still be used on third downs and things like that. And then you got a great combination. I just... I just think the best situation is for the Reds is with the Redskins for Kirk.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting concept. A few things about that: one, you know, I don't see Le'Veon Bell leaving Pittsburgh, especially with the winning culture they formed. But you know, if he went, if you know, if he did choose to leave, that would be a great destination. You know, your your line is pretty good um, when healthy, um, and you know there isn't as much talent at the receiver position. But um, Kirk Cousins is you know great quarterback. Should Ben choose to retire? I think that would be amazing if Kirk Cousins went to Pittsburgh. I I never even thought about that. And I've got a, I got an Uncle Ted who uh, listens to this podcast, big Steelers fan. So if he's listening this week, uh, shout out to you, Uncle Ted. Um, that's that's crazy. You know, I didn't even think about that. I think that would be a great combination to set up future success for Pittsburgh. You know, like Ben Ben Roethlisberger has contemplated retirement. You know, over the past few years, says he doesn't know if he still had it at the beginning of this year. You know, say they make a deep run into the postseason. Say they knock off New England and make their way to the Super Bowl. Does he choose to end his career like that? Pittsburgh becomes one of the most eye-opening quarterback destinations this offseason because they have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Um, and, and
0: Juju Smith-Schuster. schuster And, and Vance no, Jesse James. I mean, they have so much. They have so much there.
1: Um, so that would be a really interesting combination, and I, you know, I'd love to. S- I, I didn't even think about that. That'd be so cool yeah. to see what would happen.
0: That's that's kind of great. I got you excited about the idea. Yeah, I, that wasn't I, really that, that wasn't was really awesome. my goal. <laughs> I don't really I don't want to see my quarterback go away. I mm-hmm. mean, like I gotta usually hold myself in check and remind myself. I know that Kirk Cousins isn't the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's definitely at least an above average starter. Yeah. <laughs> and I I've got I gotta remind myself. How many times we we we've had horrible quarterbacks of the Redskins, hmm. yeah. and how many times they've disappointed me over the years, and to have a guy like Kirk Cousins that's put up the numbers that he's had and had, I mean, you know, they say inconsistency with Kirk Cousins, it's a lot more consistent than anybody we've had in yeah. a long time, and he's shown flashes of being brilliant before, so I just. And, and, I really don't want to see him go and us have to go back into
1: that carousel trying to find another quarterback. Yeah, and for your management and ownership to not think that Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback just baffles me. I do not understand that. Um, I think, oh, you, you know, it's kind of like a situation like you see, like I, we were talking about in Detroit with firing Jim Caldwell. That's like one of the first guys to have, you know, relative success in recent history, and then you're just going to let him walk out the door. Um, you know, I, the yeah. quarterback is, you know, Obviously, the most important position in football to me. Um, so that's that's just, you know, I don't understand how they can think that Kirk Cousins isn't the future of the organization and the and and a franchise quarterback in general. I mean, that's but that's. And
0: then you bring up another point. I mean, like Jim Caldwell left because I, I like I said, Matthew Stafford commands so much of the cap room. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is probably going to command a ton of the cap room again. That's the only reasons why I'm like ugh, I'm a little hesitant. That's the only reason, yeah. because if he takes up so much, we have so many free agents coming up this season, we will lose a lot of guys, a lot. And it's gonna. the Redskins will look 100% different next year if we do sign Kirk Cousins to a $26, $27 million deal that makes him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, because it, to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, you're taking a lot of, from your team. And you look yeah. at like other notable quarterbacks around the league, uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, some other quarter, Aaron Rodgers. Even I know they get paid a lot, but they're not getting paid the most. Mm-hmm. They're not getting paid the most in the NFL, and yeah. that's why their rosters, I mean, like especially Tom Brady's, is so good because they can put money in to help them. Mm-hmm. So being the highest paid quarterback is obviously something you probably strive for, but if you want to win championships, it's not really the way to go. No, no definitely, not. yeah. So I know we talked about Kirk for a, a long time. Uh, mm. I mean, there's other quarterbacks that are also very important. Uh, Tyrod is another one that he's going to probably be – he's going to be uh, sought after a little bit hard. As soon as Kirk goes, I feel like Tyrod's going to be one of those quarterbacks that's going to be sought after. Obviously, Drew Brees, but I feel like he's going to stay with the Saints. I don't mm-hmm. really see him leaving from there. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Casey Keenum, uh, Sam Bradford. I mean, they're all – I think those three quarterbacks, two of them will be – at least competing for a starting job on another team next year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess ahead. a
1: few things with that. Yeah, I think, you know, Drew Brees mm-hmm. is either retiring or playing for the Saints. I don't think he wants to end his career anywhere besides New Orleans. Um, so I agree with you on that. Tyrod Taylor, I think his time in Buffalo is done. They just don't seem Definitely. to get along at all. Um and would I be surprised if maybe the Browns or the Jaguars try and look at him? Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the combination of Tyrod Taylor and uh, I'm blank Leonard Fournette would be a, an interesting combination um, for the Jaguar offense. And, you know, maybe Tyrod is that youngish um, bridge quarterback for the Browns. I think it's really interesting um, where all the three Minnesota quarterbacks could end up. I truly think that the Vikings should stick with Case Keenum. It worked this year, and I know the head coach over there in Minnesota kept saying, well, it's not Case Keenum's team yet. Let's see what we do about Teddy Bridgewater. To me, Case Keenum has exceeded expectations. It deserves to be the, the quarterback of the future for that organization. Um, one of the top head coaching candidates is offensive coordinator for the Vikings, Pat Shermer. Should yeah. he choose to go somewhere that also needs a quarterback, say that he goes to Arizona? Does he try and bring in Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater? I think that'd be an interesting destination. Um, I think, you know, another place to consider Teddy Bridgewater might be the New York Jets. Maybe they go for a younger guy um, like him. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly going to be an interesting offseason, especially the quarterback position. And I'm excited to see where everyone ends up.
0: I like, I like, I like, uh, maybe if. They signed Joshua County and the Jets, then bring Teddy Bridgewater because yeah, I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want him to be the Week One starter. Yeah. Not 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 like based on off his talent and everything. Just I mean, once again we talked we've talked about it a couple of times. His injury was just so devastating. You don't know how he's going to react when he gets on the field and is a starter for the first time again. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm rooting for him and everything, but you got to be realistic about some of the situations. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater could be still a great get up quarterback but we just don't know. With that knee injury, I mean, coming back from that is pretty intense. Yeah. So, fine. I mean, he's one of the more riskier finds. I think Ty, I, I like to bring up Tyrod just because I really – I 100% believe he's not coming back to the Bills. All that situation, I think they completely botched it. So many screw-ups and everything. Congrats to the Bills that they made the playoffs this year because they could be in for a long road uh, in finding another quarterback after Tyrod goes because I don't think Nathan Peterman's really the answer no, he's not. there. so he's so I mean they're gonna be struggling for a, a bit uh, to find a quarterback and everything. And, and Jacksonville, they're a franchise quarterback away from being a dynasty. Oh yeah, they really are. They are a franchise definitely. quarterback away because they have the talent in every other aspect. Mm-hmm. So if, if they find a guy, I I don't know if Tyrod's the guy there. I, I mean I think he he definitely be an improvement over oh, Blake yeah. Bortles, 100%. but. I, <laughs> I might get a little greedy with Jacksonville. Want, I want a stud as a, my quarterback, like just uh, a young stud or something like that, someone that has a lot of potential high-ceiling type guy because if you find the right quarterback there, then they're they're winning Super
1: Bowls for a while. Oh, yeah. 100%.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, we talked about uh, quarterbacks for enough for a little bit. Mm. Let's go on to the playoffs. So we'll talk about a little bit of the playoffs. So as we talked about before, and I know you were probably in disbelief after this happened, the Bills and Titans somehow snuck into the playoffs last second. And these are two teams that we really did not think had a shot. They were probably our least like favorite two teams out of the uh, potential uh, wild card teams going into the last weekend. So, which teams in the NFL would you have liked to see make it over the Bills and Titans? And I'm going to especially emphasize the Titans.
1: <laughs> yeah, can I say any team? <laughs> Yeah, Honestly, you can can't. You can't. The Browns, maybe put the Browns in the playoffs, see how they would do. Maybe bring No, no, no Bring no, no, the 49ers no. over to the AFC. Yeah,
0: 100% I'd say the 49ers right now would be uh, way more interesting in the NFL in the mean, playoffs. I, yeah, I
1: just I was I was really looking forward to, you know, the Ravens and the Chargers making it in. Those are two defenses that could, you know, maybe too. potentially upset Kansas City or Jacksonville in that first round. You know, I Nothing really interests me about either of these teams. I think the coaching staff and the offensive scheme in Tennessee is terrible. I think even if, even though Tennessee made the playoffs, I expect them to lose this week. If if they do lose, I expect Mike Malarkey to be fired and them looking for a better offensive-minded head coach to pair with Marcus Mariota. But nothing, nothing really excites me about Tennessee, in, especially in the playoffs. I mean, um, DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, that combination, it's, it's just run them 50 times into the ground. Um and then in Buffalo, uh, their most exciting player might not even play. He's a game-time decision. LaShawn McCoy went yep. down last week, and he's going to be a game-time decision for the playoffs come Sunday, I believe. And so, you know, I'm not excited to watch either of these two play football. Um, I, You know, props to uh, – oh, what's his name in Buffalo, the head coach? Sean uh, – why can't I remember his name? Uh,
0: Sean McDermott?
1: Yeah, Sean McDermott. You know, props to him. He does not have much talent on that roster, but still coached them into the playoffs. Great job on his part. I'm not excited to watch this team or Tennessee in the playoffs at all.
0: Sean McDermott's really an interesting guy to evaluate because, like you said, there wasn't that much expectations for this Buffalo roster. It really wasn't. And they somehow made the playoffs for the first time in, what, 19 years or 15? I yeah. forget. 17 years. Something ridiculous. He was, it was the longest active streak in the NFL. But at the same time, he had one of the worst quarterback botches. And I think, I recent memory. I can't remember a worse quarterback botch than what he did with Tyrod and uh, Nathan Peterman. When you're right in the middle of a hot, like I mean, I know they lost like two games in a row, and Tyrod didn't look like the best quarterback, mm-hmm. but they were still had a positive record and still were holding a wild card spot. And you go with a what fifth, fourth round rookie yeah. over a guy that ooh, had over a hundred QBR. Yeah, I, I really just. How they made the playoffs is unbelievable. And let me tell you how
1: surprised Buffalo fans were. I was up near the Buffalo area for uh, uh, New Year's Eve.
0: I'm sure that was awesome.
1: oh my god, they went ballistic. Everyone in the streets was just talking about the Bills. Everyone was so excited, just, you know, running all over the place, screaming at the top of their heads, you know. You know, congratulations to Buffalo. You you made the playoffs for the first time in forever, and I didn't Definitely. expect it one bit, and I know you didn't expect it at all either. So um, mm. good good for them. Um, I just wish that their team was better. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I know. That's one hundred percent. I you know, I like I said in one of my articles my power ranks with the Bills, uh, even though I ranked them at eleven. They were over Tennessee though, so you got that to look for. I mean, the thing is, uh, yeah, Buffalo fans—they're—they are an interesting group. They—they they are definitely very passionate the most, about their team. The you can ask. You can ask. Um, growing up, me and my buddies would always go to this uh, bar called Beefo Brady's, which is right down the street for me, and it was hilarious because every time we'd go, we'd watch football there. We couldn't go on the outside patio because that was reserved for Bills Mafia. <laughs> I don't know what. There was a very passionate group of. 30 people that would just go out there in full yeah. Bill's gear like not it was it was hilarious like they had Bill's mafia signs and everything like the, the, the owners eventually let them like put decorations up and everything because that was literally their patio yeah. and they would go every single week and it would be week 17 they had no shot at the playoffs nothing out there and they would be just as passionate as week one yeah. so I'm gonna give them the bills fans are pretty cool uh, and their snow games look like a lot of fun yeah, yeah, so uh, good for that organization to get that I'm gonna t- now, the Titans, I don't care about y'all. I'm sorry. I, I don't really care that y'all made the playoffs. Y'all really, it, it really hurts me yeah. that y'all made the playoffs after all this. We talked a couple of weeks ago when they were like 8-4 and four or something. And I was like, hey, maybe they're a little underrated. They're 8-4. and four. They have so much going for them. And then they lost three straight. And they should have lost four straight, but Jacksonville laid an egg and they somehow snuck into the playoffs. Here's the teams that I think are better than the Titans and would have a better shot in the playoffs. The Chargers, the Ravens, the 49ers, the Lions, Seattle, Dallas, Green Bay, with Rodgers, I think those are all definitive teams that would do better than the Titans in the Mm -hmm. playoffs, and that's not even counting fringe teams like the Redskins, Uh, freaking any other team, I don't know, I, I just, I, I don't want to see them in the playoffs, and I really hope that Kansas City does destroy them, even though I don't think Kansas City's the best team in the playoffs, I really think the three worst teams, and I said in the rings, Kansas City, uh, Titans, and the Bills, because I had Kansas City originally as my least, I, I had already done my, a couple of the power rings, I had to rewrite them, because I genuinely thought the Chargers and Ravens were gonna make it but uh, I mean they they I don't know, I'll give him credit the Ravens and Chargers both had shots at the playoffs and they shot themselves in the foot Oh yeah. the Ravens I mean the Ravens especially I mean he saw that last second touchdown that must yes. have killed everybody in Baltimore's heart mm-hmm. I, I think it killed it almost I think Harbaugh almost died on the field as soon yeah. as he saw it and I wouldn't have blamed him because how do you let Tyler Boyd get that wide right. open. I just Bring don't understand. understand. I watched, I watched it live, and I was in disbelief. And I couldn't imagine going through that as a Baltimore fan. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's just terrible. And the all, and then it, it was like a combination of all the Ravens' struggles right there. Big play, comeback, offense needs to have a drive three, four, and out. I mean, and they just went backwards on their yeah. final drive of the season. They needed a field goal or a touchdown or more. They go backwards. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. The for exactly, and the Chargers they 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 had the talent to be in the playoffs. They 100 percent did. We talked about it a lot, yeah. and they shot themselves in the foot when they couldn't beat Kansas City a couple weeks ago. They choked that they, was the
1: nail in the coffin for me.
0: That was the nail. In the, that was the nail in the coffin, and everybody expected them to go in and win that game. They were playing so hot. Kansas City was playing so bad, and they just they laid an egg. Yeah. So. Uh there's reasons why teams don't make the playoffs and certain teams do. I just can't really find a reason for why the Titans are in the playoffs. Yeah. Delaney Walker's a great tight end. That's mm, Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. That's really all I can see. <laughs> so let's uh let's talk about um a little bit more into Wild Card weekend. <sighs> Which team playing on the wild card weekend has the best chance at winning it all? And I I'll go ahead and start with this one. Uh I think whoever wins the Saints Panther games has the best shot at winning it all. Hmm. And this this game, I know I was so critical of the Panthers all year long, but I really got to stop myself a little bit because I'm not the biggest fan of Cam Newton, and I think that kind of clouds my judgment sometimes. But, I mean, their defense is still very good. Newton is getting it done with his legs. I mean, he he ran for over 700 yards this year, and a a decent amount of TDs. If he keeps doing that... I just don't see people stopping him. Their biggest plays come when Cam Newton is breaking 40-yard-plus runs. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's doing it against good defenses. It's not just scrubs. I mean, he had a back-breaking one against Minnesota a couple weeks ago, and that's a good team. Yeah. Uh, and they were able to beat him. And that's that was a really the win for me where I was like, all right, I gotta stop doing this, and I gotta start believing that the the the, uh, the Panthers are a legitimate team, and they can win some games. That being said, I still think the Saints are my favorite in this game. I think they might be my favorite to win the Super Bowl right now, uh, or at least come out of the NFC, because I mean, with Drew Brees and that run game and that vastly improved defense, they have all they check all the boxes for a Super Bowl contender. And if they play right, then they can get they can find themselves uh, in the big game. But uh, yeah, I think whatever team uh, wins that game is probably my favorite to win it all.
1: Hmm. You know, I think you're going to hate where I'm going to end up going with this. Well, well, first off, I'll start with, you know, the Wild Card Weekend, who I think is the most likely to make it, I would say um, the Rams. Um,
0: I, you know what? I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to well, say that.
1: Don't worry. You're even going to hate what I'm going to say next. But, but I'll start talking about the Rams. Um, yes, they're not playoff experience team um, but no one in the NFC really is this year so I think they have a really good chance of making it to um, to the Super Bowl. They have the offensive MVP in Todd Gurley the defensive MVP in Aaron Donald and the coach of the year in Sean McVay in my opinion and they are built for success um, in the postseason with a great running game and uh, complex play calling. You're going to hate this. My, I've, I've, uh, my second going. most likely team in the Wild Card Weekend to make the Super Bowl to me. Or maybe it's my third behind the Saints. Oh, no, no, no. Let's no, do that. You, let's you, do you're that. already
0: going. No, 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 no. no. You're making a statement here, and I really want to hear. This is your second favorite team. I don't care what you say now.
1: If they no going back, Los Angeles, the Atlanta Hawks. Or the Atlanta Falcons. The Jesus. Atlanta Hawks are going to play the, football. The Atlanta <laughs> Falcons.
0: See, you know what? I don't hate it as much as you think. Really? I really don't. You've
1: been bagging I, on them I, all year.
0: I really have, and I still continue to bag on them because they don't know how to utilize their players, at least in the regular season. Mm -hmm. If they figure it out, the talent on that roster is very, very good, Mm -hmm. and they were able to make the Super Bowl last year. If they were to somehow figure it out, maybe, maybe, uh, who's their offensive coordinator? You know, what's what's his name? Steve Sarkeesian. Maybe Steve Sarkeesian has been screwing with all of us, (laughs) and he's ready for the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he, Julio Jones goes out and has a four-touchdown game, then I'd be like, okay, maybe the Falcons are going for the playoff, the Super Bowl because nobody really saw this coming at this point because it completely defies everything they've done in the regular season. They start utilizing their best players. No yeah. way. Maybe they've been wrestling the whole year. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've just been criticizing for no reason. But, yeah, I don't hate it as much as uh, you think.
1: Well, yeah, okay. Well, that's good then that you're, you're seeing some more life in them. My thing with the Falcons is you look at the NFC – they're the only team there that was in the playoffs last year. No yeah, other team true. no other team was in the playoffs last year that's in it this year besides the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC. So they're the most recent team to be there so they know how to get it done. Um you know, and you know they've got great talent and they've got great speed and I think, you know, one of the things that the Rams live on is is their unbelievable speed up and down the roster the only other team that's faster than them in my opinion is the atlanta falcons who they unfortunately have to play this week so you know that's going to be a very tough matchup between the rams and the falcons i think the winner of that out of the teams playing in wild card weekend of course you know i still think new england minnesota yeah. pittsburgh more likely but of those teams playing in wild card weekend i'd say it's the and the falcons to me
0: yeah i mean the thing is for me i the Saints were my favorite, one of my favorite picks going into this, so I think mm. the Saints have as good a shot as anybody to make it all the way. Mm. And, I mean, definitely nobody's coming out. I don't think anybody's – if the Titans and Chiefs win wow. another game after this week, I, I'll no. be shocked. Yeah, and, bro. I mean, uh, the entire AFC, for that matter, is kind of just – yeah. yeah, I'm just, so, I'm just counting it. Yeah, I'm but this. you know, this is kind of what makes me love the NFL too. I mean, like you said, there's only one team last year that made the playoffs, and they were the sixth seed uh, out of the, uh, last year. So I love the the constantly changing nature of the playoffs yeah. in the NFL and who's going to be the really good team. And you know that has a lot to do with injuries more than yeah. anything, in my opinion. I mean, because the NFL is so such a violent sport, and how many people get injured every week. So. Yeah, I can really see anybody in the NFC going uh, going out and winning the whole thing. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the AFC was a little more uh, top-heavy. But I definitely am uh, – the Saints and the Panthers are the clear uh, ones. And I, I don't want to disrespect Rams because I can't believe you talked about the Rams in a positive <laughs> way. Yeah, I can't – I really – you've been talking yeah, really mad yeah. crap about them well, the whole you know, year.
1: I've been talking crap about them. But, you know, let's not forget, you know, if you all want to look out for this article – I wrote this back in August. I said they're going to have the best, one of the best offenses in all of football, and Jared Goff is going to be a top twelve to fifteen quarterback. So you know, I don't hate them. I just didn't, you know, I don't didn't know how they would do against more experienced teams, and they proved me wrong in that aspect. You know, I thought that maybe Seattle could catch them slipping because they are more experienced and you know maybe a little older, um, more mature when it comes into the end of the season. They proved me wrong. You know, I'm not. I'm not always hating on the Rams, but you're right. I, you know, I was. I was proved wrong uh, a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, and I, I would say the Rams are my third favorite team to come out of here. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't have that much doubt because that's kind of been their mantra this year. Is uh, they're young and they really don't care how young they are. They were just going to beat the crap out of you. Because yeah. that's. I mean, Sean McVay is that lived that his whole life. He's mm-hmm. too young. He's too young. I mean, he's 31 years old. He's the freaking head coach and he's lighting up. He's completely turned a a mediocre franchise around, Mm -hmm. and they look like they're one of the best teams in the NFL. So uh, maybe he keeps doing the playoffs. Would it surprise me? I think a little bit. Hmm, But at the same time, I'd be happy for it. I'm rooting for the Rams. The Rams are probably my favorite team to play in this playoffs. If anybody were to win it, I'm 100% with that because Sean McVay, I loved him in in D.C., and I was rooting for him when he went to the Rams. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and the Rams are definitely an interesting one. I'm just surprised that you're the one that said that yeah. and not me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I think that about wraps it up. That makes us uh, go into our game picks this week. And uh, we wrapped it up last week. And, Blake, I- I'm going to be honest. It wasn't a great week for you, but oh, do say. Uh, the past two weeks you funny. went 0-5. I went 0-5. I just did you went zero and five this week, wow. this last week, man. Did you go? I didn't expect. I went two and three, and the oh, only two games you. I got were the two games that we picked different. Yeah, we
1: argued about, it.
0: yeah. Yep. So you. that brought our final regular season record to twenty nine and twenty one for me, and twenty five and twenty five for you. Wow. Yeah, right. uh, you had you had a pretty commanding lead I at choked. one point, so uh, yeah, you did kind of choke. But you know the good news? The playoffs are starting. We're going to start a new counter. We're going to take out the regular season oh, yeah, records. Right. We're going to throw them out the window. We're going to go into these playoffs now. So uh, me and you just actually wrote an article for Pure Sports Network uh, detailing who we thought was going to win for uh, mm-hmm. uh, these, these wildcard games. And if you want to find out some more information on who we picked, go ahead and check that out. Mm-hmm. But we'll get right into it. Uh, so Chiefs Titans first, Blake, who do you got in this one?
1: Yeah, this one to me is the, the Chiefs. I have them, uh, I picked them to win by 11, 24 to 13. I don't see the Titans being able to score points on this Kansas City team. Um, and it's not towards Kansas City's talent on defense. You know, I'm not that impressed with what they've got on defense right now. It's just, I really don't think that they've got a great offense in Tennessee, especially with the play calling right now. Um, they're not utilizing their weapons to the best of their ability. And, um, yeah, the Chiefs just have a few guys that I think are just better. You know, the Chiefs don't accept me, but they've got Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt, and Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, And therefore, you know, I, I just think they're going to win.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, and playing at Arrowhead's always a tough thing. And you look at momentum; the Chiefs are coming in with three straight wins and a couple big ones, and the Titans are coming in with uh, yeah, one win in the last like four weeks, and it was mm-hmm. against Jacksonville, who it, it's a good team to beat against, but it was a division rival, and they played very badly. Well, yeah. namely Blake Bortles played very badly, yeah. and so uh, I'm I'm definitely going with the Chiefs in this one. And I really, if the Chiefs play to their potential, they it shouldn't be close. Uh, the Titans are just not that great a team. Yeah, so I'll go on to the next game. Uh, Jaguars versus uh, Buffalo. Who do you got in this one?
1: Yeah, uh, no surprise I'm going to stick with the Jags, um, especially if LeSean McCoy is out. Uh, the Bills have no offense, and you know it'll be very tough for them to score any points uh, against this Jags defense. I'm not picking it to be a blowout, though. I've got the Jags only winning by seven. Um, for some reason they've lost their offensive identity over the past few weeks and they've been letting Blake Bortles kind of just go willy nilly around on that offense. I think um, you know, if they do decide to just hand it off to Fournette all game, then maybe it's a little bigger of a spread. But um I have the Jags winning seventeen to ten against Buffalo and uh moving on to the next round.
0: Yeah, see uh I know I picked the Jaguars in my article, but I'm picking the – I'm just – yeah, I'm not – yeah. But I'm going with the Jaguars in this one. I think that Buffalo, with LeSean McCoy being hurt, and if he if he's humbled at all, I don't think they're going to score very much against the Jaguars, especially at home. I, I don't see him putting up much more than like nine or ten points. Getting a double digits is probably going to be an uphill battle for Buffalo in this mm-hmm. one. Uh, and – as long as Blake Borles isn't throwing the ball, I mean, if yeah. Buffalo gets like three pick sixes, that could be a thing. I, I really, as long as Leonard Fournette gets the ball about twenty five to thirty times in this game, then I think Jacksonville will be just fine. Mm-hmm, and sure. I, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Jaguars winning by double digits on that one. Uh, on to the next game, the Rams versus the Falcons. This could actually be a more interesting game than some people want to believe because both these teams have tremendously talented rosters. Nah, the Rams have had such a terrific season. The Falcons have had such an up-and-down season. Who do you got in this one, Blake?
1: Yeah, this is the most interesting game of this weekend to uh, me. Like I mentioned, we talked about the Rams and the Falcons earlier. Um, When it comes down to it, I still like the play-calling in Los Angeles more than I do Atlanta. Of course, um, I believe that Atlanta is more experienced, um, and so this will be a tighter game. I probably should have picked the score a little bit tighter. I picked the Rams 31, the Falcons 24. I I do expect it to be high-scoring because you know, of the the talent on both offenses. But um, I see the Rams just getting the edge a little bit more. I like their talent on defense a little more than Atlanta. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think the Rams move on to the next round.
0: Yeah, I think this one's going to be very close. I think that Matt Ryan shows up in these playoffs and all their players that are big names, like Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, um, I think that they're going to at least show up and uh, make a a statement for why they were in the playoffs and that they do have the talent on the roster. And I think that this game could really go either way. It really could. But um, I do think the Rams have a slight advantage because they have had such a good season. They do have the offensive MVP probably and Todd Gurley and things like that. So I uh, I'm gonna go with the Rams this one, and I said in my article thirty-four to thirty one, a high scoring game. But and I, I really think that last second field goal maybe by uh Greg Leg Zerloin uh could uh end this game and he's why not? He's been one of their uh quiet MVPs this year. Is, so
1: Yeah. Isn't he is still what? out? Oh, is he out? I think he's no. on IR.
0: Did he really? Yeah, I am yeah. so disappointed. Was, I did yeah, not really know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he had back issues. I think week 16 they might have put him
0: out. Yeah, I know, I know he's been out, but I thought, yep, you're 100% right. I'm yeah. very disappointed in myself now. Maybe it won't be a game-winning field goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's so depressing. Alright, well, whatever. Maybe it's Matt Bryant. Who knows? Yeah. So, well, <laughs> I think I think it's going to come down to a 2nd field goal. That's, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Rams still. Mm. On to our final game of the week and probably the most interesting or at least competitive when it comes to a, a team standpoint, the Saints versus Panthers. The Saints swept the Panthers in a regular season, yeah, but it's oftentimes hard to beat a team in your own division three times in a row in a single season. Who do you got in this one, Blake?
1: Yeah, I don't see it as close um, as you might. I've got the Saints uh, winning 27-17 to 17 against Carolina. The Saints have had Carolina's number all season, and... Um, Especially in the running game, um, the the Panthers haven't done a great job limiting Ingram and Kamara, And in the past game, I don't really like Carolina's secondary either. I, I understand Cam Newton is a is an unbelievable talent and can do a lot to opposing defenses, but um, I think is you know as long as these cornerbacks are pl- in in uh, New Orleans are playing to their level, it'll be tough for Cam Newton to get the ball to any of their wide receivers.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right in that, and I will say Alvin Kamara seems to have the Panthers, he really seems to have the Panthers linebackers' numbers this year, Mm -hmm. I mean, making Luke Keekly and Thomas Davis look foolish Mm -hmm. a lot of times, so maybe if they utilize him a lot, then maybe this game won't be as close as I think it is, Mm -hmm. but like you said, you know, you said there's only one team that went to the playoffs last year that was in the playoffs, well the Panthers were in the playoffs two years ago, and they almost won the Super Bowl, and probably should have that year, Mm -hmm. so they're definitely out for revenge, I know Cam is definitely wanting to prove that everybody that he still loves to play football yeah. let alone that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl so uh this game i keep picking the panthers man i really have all year but they've kept defying my expectations i'm definitely going with the saints in this one still because i think that they're they like i said one of my favorite super bowl picks but it would not surprise me if the panthers somehow pulled this one off but i'm gonna go with the saints, uh the saints 24 21 over the panthers right. and i think that about wraps it up this week uh and uh I hope everybody enjoys the wild card weekend and uh, be sure to uh, check out more Pure Sports uh, Network uh, articles and look out for anything we post and uh, have a good rest of the week, guys. Yeah,
1: take care, guys.